Welcome back to another episode of the Tough Love Terry podcast. Today I'm introducing you to my friend Alexandria Johnson. She is a therapeutic photographer who has created concepts like human soup and fucks. Uh, You have lots to give. She has a wild imagination that is magnificent for advocating for all human rights, standing up for what she believes in, and creating amazing works of art for her clients. With Alexandria, as you'll hear, she's super passionate about um, cultivating a very individualized, customized experience for her clients in an effort to help them work through whatever they need to work through in that particular moment. I'm very excited because Alexandria is one of the other educators on the Boudoir University's Seven Pillar Program, and she teaches a whole course on therapeutic photography. In that course, she touches on the importance of how we have to take care of ourselves as photographers. Um, So I highly recommend checking that out. Anyways, without further ado, I will let you get to our rather lengthy interview because we could talk for hours. All right, welcome to the Talk Love Terry podcast. So I am here with Miss Alexandria Johnson, who is a, how do you describe yourself as far, I was going to say a boudoir photographer, but I don't think that is how you describe yourself. Yeah, not, not so much anymore. I would say I, I like to claim uh, intimate portraiture and therapeutic photography. So the therapeutic photography is everything that is like whole person approach based for the sessions. And then the intimate portraiture is meaning someone could be dressed head to toe or they could be completely bare. It's whatever is intimate to them. And we're taking that walk with them to like help them see themselves in that space. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's really cool. So give people a little bit of context as to like your journey to getting to this point, because I know um, your your background is in therapy, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. You yourself are a trauma therapist. Is that correct? Yes. Um, Um, I kind of take us on your journey. Okay. Um, it, It started. I feel like this is one of those things I may have manifested when I was maybe 14. Um, I always said I wanted to do art therapy after I had some personal loss and art and photography guided me through that. Um, portraiture kind of guided me through that. And so I knew I wanted to go to school for psychology and art, um, to see how I could bring the two together. And then, um, there weren't really a whole lot of programs in place for art therapy, at least here in the United States that were available for undergrad. So I kept pushing on that path, trying to bring the two together and make it make sense. And then all while having photography business to kind of pay the bills on the side, like a nice side hustle. Um, And it was a lot of it was like the classic, typical, like start out photography stuff, um, like you see on Pinterest. And then, but I wanted more and I kept pushing and I was like, I need more because I don't like to do the same thing twice. So I kept pushing with my schooling and Um, The way it was kind of lining up with employment, honestly, that was available, there weren't a whole lot of jobs. So the photography kept looking really good (laughs) and kept staying on the side of me pushing my schooling. And so I ended up getting my master's in, um, well, I got my degree in psychology and art. And then I ended up getting my master's in school counseling only, and I only ended up switching to school counseling because uh, we ended up moving because we were a military family. So I had to switch out of my mental health counseling. 
finished it. There were no jobs in any schools. Um, I realized that the public school system was not exactly what I was excited about working in either. I can feel um, that one. I went to school to be a teacher and then I was like, oh no, no. Yeah, it was just in a different way. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, it was, it's, it was very um, eye-opening and I have four kids. So <laughs> it was also the kind of my own, like come to Jesus moment of what kind of parent I wanted to be too, because I was like, I can't be saying I don't want to work in these schools, but then have my kids in these schools. And mm. then, so that affected things too. So I, I kept pushing this, um, the schooling, I got my master's done. There was no work. Uh, photography was killing it, um, which was great, but I still wasn't happy. And boudoir kept kind of being this back thing where I really enjoyed seeing humans get excited about their bodies. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if it was the way I was raised or because it was very modest upbringing, but I, it excited me seeing people excited. So mix that with limited jobs, uh, photography. And then I decided, I was like, I'm going to go back to school again because there's no work and student <laughs> loans are calling. So I went back to school for my CAGS, which is the Certificate of Advanced Graduate Studies. I call it like, it's like a diet PhD or it's like the, the pre, like it's the baby one. Like it's yeah, almost the there. We just like, just need a little more things. So I, I have that in trauma counseling and trauma and rehab counseling. Okay. So for the trauma rehab counseling that landed me working in a methadone clinic. So I was working with humans every day from 4.30 in the morning till 2.30 in the afternoon dealing with co-occurring conditions, meaning like people who would have maybe a history of abuse and trauma mixed with mental health disorders, mixed with um, unfortunate life circumstances, like low income, um, criminal records, often criminal records that probably were not worthy of their situation. And so it was turned into this whole situation of um, loved my job, totally loved my job, had no energy for photography anymore because of the hours and was completely limited on how I could help people because of the guidelines in place by like government restrictions and yeah. insurance and things like that. So I was working towards getting my license and I became really ill. Um, and I think it was the stress of not being able to help people that I wanted to help people. Mm. And I kind of quit. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I worked I worked all the way to the point where everyone in my life said, you need to get to this point. This is when you get there, you're going to have, you're going to be at the top and That's you'll it. have all the things. And I was working over 50 hours a week in a basement with no windows in a methadone clinic being called words that I was told you weren't supposed to say to people like on a daily basis. Cause people were in pain Yeah, and working for a system that was not helping. And I wasn't able to do any art and I fell apart. Yeah. So I fell apart. Boudoir was still there. Wedding industry was still going before COVID. And um, it was actually my partner who he kept pushing me and he was like, you know, you could do this art therapy thing. You could put these things together. Mm -hmm. And all I kept saying is I can't because if I want to have a license, I can't work with people in this way. Mm -hmm. And then we just were like, well, wait what if we didn't get a license? Like, what if I didn't do that? Because I really, I was literally making $18 an hour. I was making less money 
doing the work I was told to do than when I was doing what I wasn't supposed to be doing. And I was actually helping more people and I was surviving. And, was and you were doing it in a way that, yeah, brings you actual joy instead of yeah. like uh, abiding by somebody else's rules. Mm-hmm. And that kind of became almost like a mantra, like for us, we started noticing things where like I grew up, I was things that were natural to me that I did, I was told not to do because they were weird. Mm-hmm. And then I noticed that kind of linked into the way that the system worked. And I noticed how that worked into our psychology and same thing with labels with diagnosis. All of a sudden I was like, hold on, <laughs> I could, from my own experiences, not to diagnose oneself, but like if my girlfriends and I wanted to sit down and start playing like who's got what symptoms and get out the DS that like we all are a bit cuckoo kachoo. So like <laughs> I just realized it was a really good place for us to start with. We wanted to talk about bodies. We knew we at bodies were and we weren't worrying about catering to um, young women. We wanted to cater to humans who were already reaching out to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and whether it was through my social media, because they saw that I was doing counseling and I would get random questions from people like an inbox message, like, Hey, I saw this. Is this normal? I know, I know I shouldn't ask you, but, <laughs> and me, I would of course answer Yeah. because it's this moral ethical obligation. And because it's easy, I already had like, okay, I yeah. can do that for you. So it was, it all kind of came together. Um, and so it was boudoir and then it got very edgy um, because in that exploration, we noticed the people with the more intense trauma that they weren't talking about or dealing with, they actually had um, more of an urge to push themselves in front of the camera mm-hmm. in a safe space, like a judgment-free space realistically. Yeah. Cause they weren't photos that they were planning to put on their social media. No, <laughs> These weren't photos they were, yeah. And if they did, I got kicked off for 30 days <laughs> because they always tagged me. <laughs> <laughs> but but they all kind of came together really it was almost like poetically like it and then one day I was just like oh my god we're doing art therapy we're but we're doing it with photography yeah and it was just this very magical thing that just sort of happened and now we have a studio <laughs> so <laughs> that's, yeah and I always think like that's why I like when people fill in the context of how they got to this point because it's like um for most of us it very much was like oh I'm doing what everyone told me I should do mm-hmm. and as creatives we end up dying a little bit inside when we try we're like yeah I, I, they, they told me I should have everything and I don't feel like they think I should feel and that makes that made me wonder like do those people feel good about the things that they have achieved probably not um but they're just doing it because that is what is like what we're taught to do um I like hearing people's stories about how they basically fuck the system and we're like you know what yeah my heart's calling me like that's overpowering the like the um what's the part like the stable part of me like I'm ready to like like flip the fucking table because I can't do like okay you're the saying only that. other that option feel better. is okay. dying you know <laughs> yeah that was actually I met somebody when I worked at the methadone clinic and she she said it perfectly one day I was all raveled up because I couldn't help somebody and I was like hitting every wall like how I could help them and it was in, when you're dealing in a methadone clinic you don't know if someone's gonna die the next day like it's one of those like will they go home and overdose tonight because we did something wrong and didn't help them today. So like, I was all like spun up and I had this friend who literally said like, 
do what's feeling natural to you. And if it's not working, like if other people are saying it's not working, fuck that noise. And that fuck that noise has been like, <laughs> every time I get stuck, I go back and say, all right, fuck that noise. So whenever you just said fuck, I was like, okay, good. We can say fuck. Okay. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm like, internet, <laughs> we can do whatever we want. And I swear all the time. Okay. That's fine. Um, but yeah, so now one of the cool things that I like about that you create for your clients. And when I first heard it, I was like, what, uh, is human soup. So tell me a little bit where that concept came from and then explain to people what that is. Cause like the visual human of human sessions. soup is like, oh. but yeah, oh, but the it's... actual visual of it, the actual images you create as a result of it are absolutely beautiful. Thank so you. yeah. So like, where did that concept come from for you? And like, yeah. The human soup, it was, it was kind of, it was a very entertaining, almost like brain fart that happened when we said it. But we were, we had somebody who came to us and they wanted, they had done a milk bath previously. And I was like, I don't want to do a milk bath, but like, that was just my, and no judgment to anyone. doing. I just had done them so many times before and, you know, doing this for a decade, I was like, I don't know if I can do another milk bath. And she, we started asking her questions to see if we could tweak it different, like, you know, what's your favorite color? Like, and then what kind of flowers do you like? And the, it was just a normal convert, get to know each other conversation. And then from that, all of a sudden we're like, what if we just put all of these things into the milk bath, but I'm not going to use milk products either because I don't want to use any, I was in the headspace. I didn't want to use any animal products at that time. And I was like, what if we made something really healthy? Like, what if we made something that felt good to be in? Yeah. And I'm, I totally love the store Lush. So they have these bath bombs and we were just like, what if we just made it into an experience all in itself that they come in and everything's customized to the person. Yeah. So they don't have, they don't pick what they're going to see. They tell us about themselves and then we bring everything out and we see what draws their attention. And then we literally throw it into my our oversized jacuzzi tub I climb up on the tub my partner <laughs> holds the back of my pants in the light to make sure that we don't fall on anyone yeah. and we take the shots and it's and we literally squish these people into these tubs and they love it yeah. and it's really cool because you have to be all squished and rolled up so yeah. you have to see your body in a way that we're not used to seeing our bodies but you have nothing to compare it to because we made it up. We made up this human soup thing. So like, you can't get mad and be like, oh, I'm not all long and elongated. Like, no, we squished you up into a bowl yeah, of soup. You're in a bowl of soup. <laughs> yeah. So when we have people who are, especially where we live, we're in Augusta, Georgia. So we're on the Bible belt. Everything is, well, Georgia just went blue. Whoop, whoop. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> um, everything is very, we say it's kind of like blast in the past. Yeah. So we, when we moved down here, we're like, we can do things that we see from outside influences. Like when we go to Vegas or when we go to New York or we follow your stuff in Canada and all of this, we're like, they're not doing this here. So we can kind of like cruise in looking like we're new and stuff. And we're actually like, like really break we're the learning. Mold for where you are. Yeah. I think that's, yeah. Cause awesome. everything's a little bit dated. So this human soup concept, it was kind of fun here because people were just, they're still riding on this milk bath thing. And we, we know that this was like, we see this as like a come and go trend within our industry, but like yeah. this idea of throwing 
massive amounts of glitter and fresh flowers and essential oils and what else we put in there it's basically um, like a potion you're making like a person potion. it's a potion yeah, yeah. And i think that's really cool yeah and it's, it's you- all for the person and then we do colors too like we really try to put in some color theory into it and like yeah. matching colors with emotions and where people are at same thing for flowers if they have meaning any sort of symbolic meaning to the person um we've done fruit I really want to do cereal. Cereal's yeah. next. I'm like dying <laughs> to get someone in there with like, that one I'll put milk in. We'll go for that one. And yeah, that one makes sense to put milk in for. Yeah. yeah. So, and, but then also the concept of, I'm, I don't know if you ever heard of the books growing up there, the soup for the, the soul, the oh, chicken, chicken soup for the teeny soul, soul yeah. or whatever. Yeah. I had, um, I had a sister who had passed away and I was gifted those books like on the regular after she passed. And I honestly, I think I only read one and I was just like, okay, thanks. And I, that's, I took from it what I took from it. But now 20 years later, I'm like, Hey, you guys, we're making soups for your soul. Like it's as adults, like we're going to make you feel better. And it might only be a 15 minute experience, but actually it's not true. It's, they probably, the whole experience is about an hour because they're laying the stuff out. Then they get in the top. They well, watch us build very, the soup. Yeah, it's very ritualistic. It sounds mm-hmm. like like, um, and that's really cool. Do you, uh, if you don't do this, you should do this. But um, do you send them home with like a collection of little bits of all the things that you've put, like a we tell them they can take the... whatever they would like, and then it's really cute because people are very polite and they never have their cell phones out. They're always trying to be very protective of our space, and also we have to, we do these sessions in our home. Yeah, because. The tub, the tub that we have is like, I can't replicate this, this quality nineties tub. (laughs) And, um, so we end up, we do that here. So people have been very respectful of it, but I always, at the very end, I'll be like, you want your cell phone? You want to go take some selfies? I'm going to leave you alone in here and we'll turn up the music because there's always music going. And then we leave them alone. And usually at that point, the bathroom smells like heaven and we leave them alone and they, they take all the shots and we just say tag us go ahead and tag us and like and yeah. it's kind of fun because it's also it's, they promote us yeah. and we don't have to actually do anything and they're promoting from a state of pure joy and relaxation yeah. and like luxurious. and they look so good because yeah. they're all like sitting in the tub all and we're out of there we're not even in there anymore yeah so there's no like the pressure has been taken off like we wait until after that's um, really awesome. Yeah, but the flowers, we like, we've sent flowers home. Um, I have this problem where if the flowers don't all the way get used, I will be calling people. I'm like, please come and do shoots. I have more flowers. Like, I can't let their lives be wasted without more photos. Well, that's so. the, I'm like, I want to do a shoot like that. It would be so awesome. This is the problem with me doing this podcast, everybody. I'm like, I need you to shoot me. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to go on this tour where it. just other people photograph me all the, all the time. Yeah, I would love to do that. <laughs> Terry, I'm getting you in a soup. We're making a soup. Oh, yeah, for you. I'll, I'll come to Georgia for sure. Well, eventually, not eventually, but yeah, yeah we'll have to whenever come, the we'll borders have to come open to the up. Studio. Yeah. So that's really cool. So then, uh, and before we came onto the call, so that's one project, not project, but like kind yeah. of one, one thing that you've really like harnessed and made your own kind of thing. I did want to say when I first got my tub in the studio, which I can't put like water in or anything liquid because mm-hmm. no, it's not plumbed. But when I first got it, I asked people, I was like, if you could fill the tub with anything, like what would it be? And so I wanted to do a project where it was like people like covered in like excess of the thing that they love the most. So yes. I've done it with books. 
um and stuff like that but then I, I was like this is too much effort and it's like heavy it's, stuff. it's a lot <laughs> it's it's a whole thing especially when you customize it to the person and then you you want to get it right you don't want to like that's the yeah. thing is you don't want to get it wrong like even as simple as then you color, gotta drain like, the tub and you gotta like do it all like it's yeah yeah because in the cleanup alone with oh, the cleanup's definitely- hilarious i take pictures every time of the cleanup because it drains out and then i'm just like look at the massive amounts of organic materials gathered at the bottom of my tub, my tub. <laughs> like at your, some point we're gonna have to call a plumber probably magical yeah they'll be like all this glitter I know. <laughs> awesome so yeah so tell me about um before we came on and started recording i'd ask you like what are, what are you working on right now or like what kind of upcoming projects do you have um, so yeah, so fill us in a little bit about this upcoming idea that you have, um, and it involves, I will tell people, it involves sometimes insects. Uh, I mm-hmm. saw spider photos. <laughs> yeah, trigger, trigger warning, everyone, trigger warning. There's crawly, crawly bits that we've been working with. Um, yeah, we, we got really lucky. We randomly met a business here, uh, not normal exotics here in Augusta, Georgia. And it's this really cool guy and he collects all of these critters, all these weird critters. That's what he calls them is the weird thing. And I was like, oh buddy, you're, we're gonna be friends. And as soon as someone says anything weird, I'm like, oh, okay, call me. Um, And it was actually for my birthday that I had said I wanted to do a birthday shoot this year because we had to move our opening for the studio because of covid and life and all of that so we're like well let's do a birthday shoot and i wanted to do something with this guy's critters and the concept of me facing my fears and then if it works then we would be comfortable and other people could maybe want to do pictures with snakes and stuff and snakes spiders hedgehogs like there's a hedgehog there's little ducks there's all sorts of things but everyone has their it's the silliest it's not silly it's based on something but when it comes down to it once you hold these things that really have no intention of harming you and they're just as much scared or you you you're holding these things and you realize that they're a living scared thing like you are mm-hmm. and you just sit in that respect for a minute all of a sudden you realize that how that fear isn't it's not really built on anything and it's more of an anxiety that we can control yeah, it's like you know, the, worst, the worst, like the, the thing that hasn't happened yet, like the yes. fear that you're like, it could bite me or it could mm-hmm. like do this thing to me or whatever. And that's the fear, I think. Yeah. And they, and they could do things to us, but we could do a heck of a lot worse to them as well. So like the idea of it was funny because I thought the snakes were going to be scarier. I was more scared of the snakes. Like I actually said I didn't want to live in Georgia because there are snakes here. Mind you, in all of the years I've lived here, I've only ever seen one snake and it was probably about 30 feet in front of me and had no intention of bothering me. But yeah. I was like, that was a snake. No, thank you. I'm scared. <laughs> um, so this was me like being like, I'm going to do pictures with the snake. I'm going to be in a controlled environment with professionals. They're going to teach me. And we're going to leave this and we're going to have respect for each other. And at the very least, I thought my kids would look, think I looked cool for a minute. Like (laughs) that was like at the very least. And what ended up happening from it was, um, there were so many snakes there. He brought all, he brought so many things. He, I think he was trying to impress me. And in the process, I'm a person who like, if someone said like offers me something, I'm going to say, 
let's start there and we'll go backwards. Like if it's too much, I'll say, let's do less. And then, so I ended up with 12 snakes on me. Yeah. Terrifying. But when there's 12 (laughs) snakes on you, I would not recommend that. But, um, if there's 12 snakes on you, you can't worry about one biting you. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) There was no me worrying about one biting me. It was literally me just focusing on my breathing and not moving. And because there was a camera out, I was like, oh, let me also try to make sure I angle myself nicely because I'm not doing this again, potentially. (laughs) Yeah. So um, at the end of that, though, I realized I was just like, those snakes did not care about me in the slightest bit. They're like, if anything, they just wanted my warmth and they wanted to know I wasn't going to hurt them. Yeah. Just like I wanted them to not hurt me. And that was that. And then next they brought up the tarantulas and I understand people not wanting to do shoots with tarantulas. <laughs> um, I actually, afterwards I bought myself earrings. These are little tarantula earrings that I got myself because oh, um, awesome. as like a reminder of, even though I'm still, I'm still like, I don't know if I want to do that again. I did it. But you did it. Yeah. You at I least did tried it. it. So now you can say, you're I did like, it. And it, yeah. it was fun. It was a rush and I didn't get hurt. And the there were two those spiders had little personalities and it was a very ex- intense person like thing to catch on to was realizing once again like these are living things like, trying to exist ex- exist amongst us yeah like why why are we treating it as anything different and so in that it's also it was like for me it was therapeutic because I faced a fear and then I was realizing when I post the pictures and I got so many people who are upset with me for not putting a trigger warning, mm. I realized there were a lot more people who were very sensitive to that as a thing Then I was like, oh, well, maybe not do 12 snakes, but maybe what if we did one cute little tiny one and yeah. we dressed them all up and we gave them the vibe of feeling like Cleopatra or Medusa and all of a sudden you have somebody who went from being scared to empowered yeah. because we put a theme on it or a vibe with it. And then, or we find a historical figure or a creative person that role model that we're like, wait, I like that person and they do these things. Why can't I be them? Even if they're not real, we make, we're trying to make that person feel like it could be real. Yeah. So we're excited because we're going to start offering it like throughout um, the studio as like a regular thing. And people can come in and say like, I want to try this thing, whether it's for like a branding or style shoot, or they want to do the therapeutic experience or like me, like for my birthday, I just wanted the rush. Yeah. Like, I have been living in my house, pandemic style with my children, very little <laughs> social interaction. It's not really all that safe to be around humans right now, but you can stick a bunch of like snakes aren't running around with COVID from my understanding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so oh, it was, it was a nice, um, experience but then from that experience we we learned a lot and yeah I was gonna say like because there are other photographers that listen to this and they might be like oh that'd be really cool to do a shoot with a snake or a shoot with a spider yeah you gotta have a professional who knows with you yeah that's what I was gonna touch on and say like how important is or even not even not even the animal part of it but delving into the exposure therapy piece to it how Mm -hmm. important is it to have an understanding of the therapy side of things um, before walking people through, like, yeah, you have to go step things by step. Like you have to tell people what they're going to experience, explain how they're going to experience it. If you can get them to understand how it's going to feel, which is why I, I, it was so important 
and it always is with our stuff for I will try to do something before I ask anyone else to do it yeah um always and right to the point where it's even gotten me in trouble where somebody wanted to do some bondage kink type style shoots and I had no experience with it so we went to the store bought the things I tried them on for photos and in turn got myself in trouble on the internet but like (laughs) Cause I didn't think about it, but I wasn't going to ask somebody to do something that I didn't know how, how to, I need to kind of get into like the empathy part of it. Like I need yeah. to be able to explain how it feels so that I can make people. So when they're feeling it, I'm like, this is normal or this is not normal, or this is how I felt and how I navigated those feelings. Yeah. It so allows with, you to set better expectations, I think for clients, which then allows them to decide is that actually like, because the fantasy yeah, that, is always better than the reality. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's the thing. So in their mind, they're like, oh my God, I want that photo. So for you to say, okay, but just so you know, like, here's the process. Yeah. Get that photo is you might feel scared. You might be incredibly nervous and you have, here's your responsibility. Yeah. Like, I think that's really important to have before for, as photographers, it's important for photographers to know you can't just throw people into this and get the results that they're like, you have to no. start. Yeah. It's all baby, baby steps. And even with us for working with uh, the not normal exotics, like we've, we've told him time, like, we're going to be very, like, he brings his friendliest of critters. He brings, like, we have all of the ones and it's probably going to sound crazy to say this, but like my kids have played with them. Like I, if my kids play with them, those are the only ones that other people are going to get their hands on. Like, I'm not, I know my kids, I trust my kids. I know how they operate. I don't know how other people operate. I don't know their fear. I don't know if they're going to throw a thing down on the ground or panic and step on it or anything like that. So all of it is very much like, very very controlled all the way through like I would never throw 12 snakes on a person but I know he did that because (laughs) you're like because I told him basically I was like do whatever I trust you and I was like oh my god when I I'm the same kind I literally do the same thing though where I'm like do it to the max so that way I can scale back going forward if I just do a little bit and I'm petrified I will never I will never never venture beyond that so like for me it was like getting my bikini wax done I went for the full Brazilian first I was like we're getting it all done because if I get a bikini wax and that hurts like a bitch I'm never doing it again so like yeah so I was like take the whole thing but it's like it's just easier to like scale back once you do that for some people yeah and the thing is you have to be you have to be in the headspace to do that you can't we we are like we're the educators in this and that's why I try to explain to people like even for photographers who are gonna hear this and be like that's a fun idea I know a guy who has a snake yeah um that guy with your snake that snake needs to be like that snake's amazing we've had no issues I'm coming with you I'm not leaving the space like I don't want like i I'm like, don't leave me with your critters. Yeah, <laughs> no. I had I did one snake shoot in my studio and I was like, you all can touch it. I'm okay. I'll be over here. And then, oh, it was a lot. I yeah. It's it's a rush. And it's I think an part of it that. That's for sure. But yeah, similar to that though, I was like, I made sure the handler was there, the person that owned the snake, like stayed by, was the one that moved it, like if it was starting to do its thing. Yep. Like I was not going to be the one that jumped in there and be like, don't do that. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, and the other big lesson that we learned is um, when you shoot with these critters, the critters who you're following, you're not following the person. The person is, they're the comfort. Their job is to exist and comfort the critter. 
and then the critter is who the photographer follows. Like you cannot tell a snake to stay still. And if you have that person try to hold the snake, you're going to anger the snake. Yes. So, or even the spider, like I had, I had a tarantula crawling on me and even when I say that, I can get like, I get the feeling in my back of it. <laughs> oh, I know. It's, it, it was a tricky one. Um, I wouldn't recommend that one, but, but like whenever my partner shot it, he knew like he's, I was like, I'm going to stand and I'm breathing. You chase this freaking spider. And, and he fall, I followed the feeling spider and I just knew to follow where the camera was. And I was like, we got the shot, get the spider off me. Yeah. But, but that shot, that shot, that three minute experience, that rush, that excitement harms nobody. It was a good chemical release in my brain. Yeah. Um, it was a good adrenaline rush for my body. I'm sure I got the blood flow in my face. I probably looked <laughs> wonderful. Um, and then I have this documented moment that when other people see it in their minds, it, I, I don't know, I spent like five hours hanging out with spiders, but yeah. like in real reality, it was much shorter, but it doesn't matter. I did a thing that is my thing that I did. That's all mine kind of thing. I, people I love helped support it and yeah. bring it together. So I'm grateful for them. It's their experience. And now I'm just like, one why we should like, do this with more people? This. Yeah, I think that's really cool. And even like, that's kind of an extreme, um, an extreme analogy for boudoir or intimate portraiture mm -hmm. in general is like, do the thing that scares the shit out of you. Cause so many yeah. people are just afraid to take their clothes off for a photo shoot. Not that you have to take your clothes off. No. But just, or just getting in front of the camera and being it all about you. There's no kids in front of you. There's no like, right um and all of that and there's no partner for you it's literally just you so it's kind of like you going through that is like how your clients like how yeah. a new client that isn't knows nothing about the photography industry or how things work is how they feel like that that rush and like just breathe just breathe through the yep. makeup process would be similar to that I think and so it's good to have those experiences as photographers to be like oh yeah this is my first time doing this I don't like while I have the expectations that somebody set with me, what I can expect from this, da, 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 you're still experiencing it for the first time. And that, yeah. the, and that's like, comes with its own like anxiety and um, adrenaline. Yeah, and we want to change the negative anxiety into like a positive excitement. And yeah. that's, I think the big goal, I think the um, play therapy, I think that's what the other thing that I need to make sure I say is the underweaving kind of, belly of this whole situation is we're we're trying to encourage adult play therapy yeah and really awesome. um back to like my background I used to do play therapy with kids I used to work with children with autism and for like a long time like the whole baby making era and um the play therapy was amazing and it because it was a chance to pull out of the structure and like let loose let the kid be weird and have fun and then they would be relaxed and released and then they could go back to like the structured learning to me it was a, it, that was the reward so I think we're both like my partner and I and um our friend Jess who is the reason we got the studio she's like our fairy godmother who came in and was like this has to happen um so she made it happen for us and uh so we're trying to make this adult play space essentially like it's gonna it's all family friendly um, our families that we work with tend to be families that are of an alternative lifestyle. I say that in air quotes, um, especially being in Georgia, everything's so heteronormative. Yeah. I'm air quotes, Christian, um, here down in the South. 
And I was like, since I was like, you can't see him say air quotes, Christian, um, yeah. because it's not always the same. It's just a very complicated thing down here. So a lot of our clients tend to be, we're noticing now our people, whether as simply as they're single parents or they're in poly relationships or same sex marriages or um, interracial relationships or not Christian. Um, we, and then they're all identify as being their families call them weird for whatever. And then, so when we're like, Hey, get weird. They're like, Ooh, wait, what are these weirdo people like, over I here? Have that. Yeah. Switching that. Uh, that so now, over. yeah. So the intimate portraits turned into like, we might get them in for a boudoir session. And then now maybe we'll keep them for a couple therapy sessions, whether it's, they want to do the human soup or they want to do the face their fear thing, or we'll do We have exercises too, that we can do with people for like body love therapeutic stuff. Um, which is a whole other conversation we'll have to have. And um, we, we can we get these people coming back and then they have babies. And then they're like, you know, Alex isn't as like scary and intense and weird as I would think. She has children and they seem okay. And she homeschools them and nobody's gotten in too much trouble yet. And so, like, <laughs> so yeah. now we have them and their family. So it's this interesting thing where it's like, yeah, we started out as boudoir and weddings, but like, and I was actually trying to get away from family stuff because I didn't want to do the Pinterest stuff anymore. Um, and it's great for learning, but you know, it's been a decade. I'm not trying to learn on Pinterest anymore. I want people to learn from me. And so I want people to take like all the educational learning that like my very debt ridden brain of all that learning I've done. <laughs> I like want people to learn so we can help people like, and we yeah. can do better. And like, just sometimes it's just a matter of having the information and then all going, oh, I hadn't thought about it that way. And realizing that we literally could do better. Yeah. So we're trying to make this adult play therapy space that um, people can come in and let their guard down. Like we have beanbag chairs. Um, we have like unicorns and sparkles and things like that. And then in the back, it's like more of a shooting space. But in that same space where we have like the unicorns and sparkles, we have a mannequin that's wearing bondage. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Like, and, but there's rainbows everywhere. So it's like this thing where our kids will go and actually go hang out and do their homeschooling in this space. And they're like, oh, it's so pretty and colorful. And then people, adults come in and they're like, hold on, this is kind of fun. I kind of like this. And so yeah. it's almost this lounge adult play therapy space, but we shoot in it. So that's you awesome. can come and sit and stay and chat and hang out. And that's the goals for the studio in the long term is it's a space people can come and unwind. So even if we don't shoot, but if they're feeling up for it, we'll pick up the camera and be like, hey, let's go play back here and work through this idea or yeah. do this sort of thing. So um, we're doing this whole play therapy concept too. And we're going to open it up at night too. I think we're going to do like couples shoots and have it be closed off to couples and have doing couples exercises together, like breathing yeah. together, say something nice. And then now throw paint and sparkles at one another. Yeah, and we're going to take photos of it. Really and now you have cool. art through your wall. And it's just like, yeah, when I was taking my psychology class, that was the thing we talked a lot about, obviously, play, but that was when also those experiential pop-up, like, um, what I don't even, the happy place was one that came to Toronto. And essentially, it's like the different rooms that you go to, but ideally, like, kids can come, but mostly it was just adults that were there, like, taking mm -hmm. silly photos and, like, playing in, a like, a huge ball pit with other adults. Yeah. And, like, all of these, like things that you think you are making snow angels and glitter that was another one or making angels yep. I guess glitter angels but um 
but that was like my first my experience to see how important play was and I took that back to the studio similar to what you're doing there and like similar fashion learned on Pinterest learned all the things you should do and was like Mm -hmm. put it's like no I want you to put on this sparkly that's why I'm wearing stars on my face right now like put on this sparkly fringe jacket and like dance around like nobody's watching like just like have fun and twirl and like play and throw glitter at me like let me spray you with my water gun like extra just have fun like nobody no one's gonna judge you in this space like especially when like with us being the creators like this is our space guys like you're safe here like and that's what you do you're offering that to people so they can come in and they can just like unwind and be silly and then they leave and they have to go back to normal life so like it's a break it's good one of the things I ask clients too, which is really like my favorite thing when they're getting hair and makeup, it's in the same place where all my wardrobe is. So I'm like, what is something you like want to wear, but would never wear? Yes, like, we do that what as is well. That, what is the texture? So then I'm like, would it be sequin? Would mm-hmm. it be fringe? Faux like velvet? What is it? And then they're like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> so it's funny to watch them be like, I could never. And you're like, yes. just put it on. Just put it on. We don't have to take photos. But all of a sudden, yeah, just like, see how you feel oh. in it. <laughs> yeah. It's such a cool experience to watch people like adults like let their guard down and just like laugh and like they literally transport back to when they were like you know that's what they looked like when they were kids like it's like ah there's the sparkle there it is you've like it's so cute you'll end up you start hearing some of the defeating language that maybe they heard growing up and then that's where for us like I think the training case come in for me where I grab it I grab that language and I'm like and I know you do that as well and like we grab and we're like so why would you, what, how, let's sit in that for a minute. Like, why are you yeah. feeling this way? Like, you know, that's like, that's just some silly, like poppycock from like way back in the day, those old people said, and we don't, we all think they're silly now. Like they're not in charge. We're in charge. Who like, taught you that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then like, same thing with like sparkles. Like who said you can't wear sequins to the grocery store? Like, you know how much happier people would be if they saw people wearing sequins to the grocery store? Every time I wear something that's extra out, like, especially Winnipeg, like a super, small town city kind of vibe is always compliments people are like oh my god I love your jacket yeah there's no negativity there's there the only negativity is the people who really aren't saying anything they're just looking they're like and so "Mm -hmm." you honestly you just tell yourself in your head they're they're just they're so taken back that's what I do they don't know what to say they're just like oh my god I (laughs) wish I could rock that sequin thing at the grocery (laughs) store and then you just tell yourself that yeah because what is that quote? I, especially you're doing these quote projects. Um, I was noticing that it's what other people's opinion of you is no, it's not your business oh, or something like that. Business. Yeah. Other yeah. And as soon as I like, I have to remind myself that because I'll be like, Oh, I don't want to do this thing. Cause what if people think this, what if people think that I'm like, that's why I didn't get my license. That's literally <laughs> why I didn't go get my, my therapy license in the long term because I didn't want people. I didn't even know controlling how I operated. Yeah. And then how I could help people because everyone needs something different. I'm not for everybody. I know I'm not for everybody. I'm definitely a choir taste, but it's just like glitter and sparkle is not for everybody. Like I don't run around with glitter and sparkle on me, but oh man, I love putting sparkle on other people. <laughs> like, but you want to throw some velvet on me? Oh, I'm all for it. You can like, everyone has their thing. And that's the other part of the therapeutic is we acknowledge the sensory. If you hit the senses, 
they're more likely to remember it. And if you have it as a positive impact, you're going to more likely to have a positive experience. Yeah. That's why I was asking about like what you send them home with after the human soup thing, because then they could like, they could take it with them. Yeah. They could recreate it in their own tub at home. I like that. I think I'm going to have to build on that. I was going to say you should, what you should do. This is my, I have ideation with like ideas all the time, but you should literally consider working with somebody that does bath products and then, I was and then that, yeah. tiny little like packets that you can send clients home with like one orange slice and one like one make their own mini human suits at home yeah uh, oh I love that yeah I we were talking about trying to link up with like someone for like bath products of some sort like our spa like home things I love that idea like make your own oh look you got and we were talking about having a storefront yeah, oh, that's a thing. That's we have, a whole um, thing. We're we're making masks that we're going to be selling because oh, we were the you know, masks was shooting, and they're all um kind of activist type vibes. I thought you stuff. had RPG in there, right? <laughs> yeah, we have her in there. Oh, I love her. Um, we have we have some middle fingers. We have some statement pieces. Like overall, like if you're this close, you're too close, kind of thing. Like if you yeah. can see this, you need to step back. If you have an opinion about this, you need to step back. Um, And we actually were some of we learned that um, some of the the art that we made that we couldn't we can no longer post on social media because censorship keeps changing. We've decided we're going to put on shirts. Amazing. So we're just going to put it on shirts. And so we're actually we decided we're going to call it. It's called Fucks, F-U-X. And because we should we should give some. We're going to yeah. give some fucks because everyone's like, don't give a fuck. Like, don't give a fuck. Everyone needs to chill out. Don't give a fuck. Well, guess what? A whole lot of not giving a fuck got a lot of people hurt. So yeah, exactly. we're flipping it. We're going to give some fucks. I love so that. we're trying to figure out, we're working it out still, but we're going to make like a charity nonprofit side of the Love Valley Studios. And we're going to have these masks affiliated. The act, we call it activism. Was it leisure wear? Mask Leisure wear for the stay at home activist. You should call it masktivism. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what we're trying to do so that's the other thing is we're going to try to bring the art into the clothing so we can kind of push the messages all that. the body positive like messages and mental health positive messages and the mental health negative messages even like we can we got to talk about the ugly stuff yeah because if you don't talk about the ugly stuff when you're in it you feel like you're very alone Mm-hmm. And that's very, very, very dangerous. Yeah. So whenever people are active about talking about these things or sharing content, like photos from a session and they're saying, oh, I did this when I was depressed, but now I'm not. And I look at it and it means something different. Other people see that stuff and they connect back to it. So yeah, it's, I think it's we're like, trying to put all that stuff out there and shove it down everyone's throat. So they have to like, they have well, to start acknowledging the things I was drawn, I was drawn to that in, in your work. And which is one of the reasons why I wanted you to um, participate in the Boudoir University as one of the um, founding educators because of that. Um, because I'm so of your, excited. <laughs> well, but, but it is because of your activism, like the way, like you're not just this way, just in your business, but I also, because I follow you obviously personally as well. So I see that, and that's the important piece to me is that people aren't just performative in, in this work. It is like, what are you doing at home? What are you saying to oh, your yeah. family members? And you're very, <laughs> very vocal about that. Uh, yeah. And, it's, 
but but that goes that goes a lot further than somebody that's just saying it when it's trendy to say the things yeah um and that was really yeah and that's why I wanted to align with people that were do doing the work because it's the right work to do not because yeah. the timing is right to do it um no yeah that was that was a hard one for me that was I Ooh, that was a heartbreaking moment this summer when I realized it, watching our industry kind of divide, realizing that people maybe I we thought were better intentioned were not the best intentioned. And then while everything was falling apart sort of thing, mm-hmm. I realized in that moment, I was like, I could break, I could easily break and go away. And like, never ever is the activism was rough, the family drama because I realized that I did not align belief system wise with many of my relatives and I had to make a decision like where I was going to stand where I had to draw the line so I drew a line a very big line all over social media that everyone saw (laughs) but uh, I don't live near my family so that's the only way we interact and so I had to do it otherwise I was going to continue getting what was somewhat harassment like you know why are you why are you doing this is a shame to the family like why are you doing this activism stuff and I was just like because I have kids because I I have friends because um I would want someone to do that for me like that's what I was hoping and then everything kind of shifted but I I had to make a decision a decision and I I almost didn't make it and I think that's why the mental health part is so important is like I almost quit and then there was like the aha moment of like, I can't quit. Like I can't quit because more people are going to get hurt. Mm. And like, I like to think of myself as pretty strong. And I was like, I was feeling pretty beat up. So, and then I was like looking at the world and I wasn't trying to gaslight myself, but like, we do that. Like, oh, it could be worse. (laughs) Like, look at what's happening everywhere else. But then I realized I kind of flipped it. And I was just like, well, if I feel shitty, imagine how much shittier all these other people feel that are one the people that I'm trying to fight for them to be heard and I'm over here like wow poor me I want to quit like imagine how everyone else feels like and their shit's so much harder so again not trying to gaslight myself but also trying to like put in pieces that we're all going through shit so what what it because because again there are photographers but also just humans in general that are also dealing with um family that maybe is not on the same you know page as they are when it comes to human rights issues it's like a generational gap like that's the friendliest way I know how to put it so what is some advice like whether or not it's like how you did the things or how if you could if you had to do it again maybe you would do it differently I don't know but like what is some advice you would give to somebody that wants wants to know how to put those boundaries in place because what happens when you don't put those boundaries in place is you get frustrated and irritated mm-hmm. with the people and and then there's like this anxiety when you go to meet yeah. up with them or speak to them there's always this like hanging over your head kind of thing so what is one kind of thing that you would suggest when it comes to setting those boundaries like what communication what and honesty or like I and acknowledging your own hypocrisies like I had to because if you're going to talk to somebody about something that they're doing that bothers you even if it especially if they see it doesn't affect you which very much as light complexion folks talking about the Black Lives Matter movement there was a lot of walls being hit in conversations um and you have to 
you have to like step out of it and like because if someone doesn't want to feel they're going to feel attacked Mm -hmm. naturally so they're already going to be looking for their defense so you have to be willing to want here mentally prepare for what they're going to say back to you and acknowledge your own hypocrisies like like I definitely like oh you didn't have a problem with that when you were younger like that sort of stuff and I'm like well hold on I grew (laughs) up I learned I know better now I'm forgiving myself for my mistakes and I'm trying to unlearn things that I once did Mm. but you explaining that to the people like you can unlearn these things or it's okay that you learned it wrong like we didn't you and I've done this so many times that I don't even know sometimes how genuinely I feel about it like I've just gotten in the habit of saying it with older generational folks like it's okay you guys didn't have the internet you Mm -hmm. didn't have all the information you were surrounded by the people around you and you were following the belief systems that you were told that you were supposed to believe because those were the people you trusted but they weren't they didn't have all the information. Mm-hmm. Now we have more information. So like, it's okay to be mad at yourself and feel embarrassed that you didn't have enough information. You acted wrongly, even if you had the best intentions. And that's the thing is I have to keep it light. Like I pro- I don't think you're trying to be a raging racist, bigoted asshole, even though you were mm, like you have to, because if yeah. you come out of mode, they're going to attack back and they don't hear anything you say. So like, you just have to very kind of tiptoe along it. My social media page tends to come off a little bit more abrupt, but it's because by the time people get to my social media, I'm like, dude, you're not even talking to me anymore. Like you're just showing up to start drama in my world. And we're not even like, yeah, we're not doing that together. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So it's, there is like, I use my fine line. Like if you're here and you're still watching, like, this is how I'm operating. Don't try to change me. Um, but when you're dealing with talking to family members or friends, you can't attack them for it. You can, you, you can in your brain be like, oh my God, you super suck. But if you come in at it, <laughs> if you come at it as if you want them to hear you and you stroke their ego through the entire process, even if it makes you squirm a little bit, you can drop that act as soon as you know you have their attention. So it's more of like, I just want to talk to you about this thing. I, it's just been sitting heavy on me. Like you and I include yourself in it yeah. your own your own thing so it's not you 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 it's like we or I realized this I don't know if you noticed this um it's the easiest way to kind of like tiptoe into the conversation and then if it doesn't go well then you can just drop the bomb and be like you know what I'm done with this I tried you're <laughs> you're a giant turd and I'm happy without you best of luck and that's Here. like I think like uh I was reading Untamed by Glennon Doyle and in there she like basically the statement is like um I'm going to be who I am and I just have to wait for the world to catch up and yeah. I think that's like really imp- like that in itself is like I'm tr- I'm trying to explain like I it is my job to explain to you like if you really care about somebody number one acknowledging who are these few people that you will give that time of day to and then figuring that out with them um and then if they're not willing to get on board setting that and say you know what okay i'm just gonna do this and the re- i'm not responsible for your reaction yeah yeah and that's i you have to just you put yourself out that you tried and then you got to separate because you can't you can't fix it there's so many people there's so many people and I have to, I got to give a little credit. to when I started learning about like astrology and birth charts, and then you throw in acknowledging trauma and mental health. And then you talk about people's socioeconomic statuses and where they come from and religion. And if their parents are married or divorced or like, 
nobody's the same and everyone's coming at something different and they literally could have woke up that morning and tripped over a shoe and like hit their head on the wall and just decide like they're in a bad mood yeah. and that's their day and that's going to be your interaction with them it doesn't mean that's who they are as a person yeah so like but unfortunately if people do that on a regular basis and they get in the routine of like just a bunch of shitty days or shitty environment or shitty attitude they their behavior will kind of sit in that because that's just how our brain works and so you have to start if you want to break that you have to start take peeling away the layers and changing things yeah. so it's like that you can't change people around you but you can change the people around you that yeah. whole vibe like yeah and can, I think, yeah I just think that's really important for photographers that are in the business to understand that uh, that amount of control that they have about that not just mm -hmm. for their family members but also clients and yeah. how important it is to understand what your values are so you can um be vocal for your clients because if you're not then people are getting harmed like you said before and stuff like that and there are ways to deliver the message effectively that's not just like you're all a bunch of assholes if you don't believe in yeah. exactly what i believe in um mm -hmm. but rather just saying it in a way that is like hey i get it i also used to be like this um yeah. and then i read this book or i listened to this talk maybe you'll find this helpful on your journey to yep. unpacking it um and i think that's a beneficial way um but uh i've kept you long enough remember i said i'm like it'll be super short and I'm oh you're fine i i'm a talker i will um, keep talking so but, but you have like really interesting interesting story so that's why we maybe oh, we'll just have yeah. to have you back later on for the podcast I would love so, that. for your next like 5,000 projects that you'll have on the go I'm certain you're like me that way Yay. never never a dull moment that is for no. sure right? no right no I noticed that whenever I get play. something really good if yeah. something really good something really crazy is coming around the corner which is just more more influence for more art honestly yeah. So good stuff all the time. I love it. I like that you execute it though. That's, that's the difference there. You don't just have the idea. You also, ex you're like, let's try it. Let's see what the fuck happens, you know? Yeah. And I think you. that's really awesome. So uh, before we go, is there anything that you want to add that we didn't get to talk about today um, for people? Um, I want, I think the big thing is I know that the class, the, my, my content in my class is very heavy. Mm um it's very heavy and it connects kind of all I'm sure like I have to go finish listening to the rest of the classes and I'm I'm excited to do that but it, it's something that connects all of us though like trauma connects all of us we all have trauma so like it was important for me to like I wanted to do this too because I was like I need people to know that I'm not like the super moody like dark like oh the world is doomed and I <laughs> I don't think so at all um yeah. I actually don't think people really mean to hurt people as often as they do. And it's a lot of it's just accidental crashes and insensitivities. Yeah. Um, so I wanted, I just, I'm glad I got to like tell you about like the fun stuff and uh, I'm glad you brought up the human soup thing. Cause I was like, Oh yeah, my human soups. Yeah. Um, I think so cool. <laughs> yeah. Like we, we just, the big thing is like, I think we want to encourage as many people as possible to just stop telling people what they should be doing instead of just being like, what do you want to do? And then how can I support? Like if you could either be a helper or you can be like a, a doer, I guess. Like I want to do both, but I'm more of like, I don't want to tell people what to do. I want them to tell me what they want and then I make it happen for them. Yeah. And then setting expectations around what that would look like from your area of expertise. I think yeah, that's, so that's the thing. It's like, uh, like 
you tell me what you want and I will tell you a if I can do it and if I can do it here's what that would look like I think yeah that's the point um as opposed to you come because before I actually did used to be like this is exactly what's going to happen this is exactly what you're going to do and if you're not on board with that then I'm not the photographer for you yep um and then I was like that's dumb what are you doing you know, not everybody wants to get naked. Not everybody like yeah. these things or like, even for me, like to be photographed for a long time, I thought you just had to like look sexy. And then I identify as asexual. So why the fuck? Like, no wonder I don't like, um, like I do not connect with photos of me where I look sexy or yeah. whatever, because it's just not who I am. I would rather see me smiling or looking badass or whatever, because that's how that's I how that's exactly how I feel. Like that's the funny thing that we run into, or people will be like, "That's so sexy." I'm like, "Really? That was the sexy one? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. I with that." Yeah, <laughs> I was so trying think, for sexy on that. I think that's like a really good place to end, though, for photographers to understand is like. Yeah. Um, if you, the people that say, that get into boudoir and they say, oh, you're not a therapist, wrong. If you're in the industry of boudoir photography, you have to have some semblance of therapy, like just some empathy, yeah. some sort of something, because even if people are coming and take photos for their partner, there's still trauma around body image. There's still trauma around sexuality. There's still all of these things, which yep. I think you have to have at the minimum an understanding of how we can be impacting our clients um, yep. in a not good way or a positive way, which is why we have the Boudoir University. <laughs> yes, very much so. And they need to take care of yourselves. Photographers have to take care of themselves after they do this work. They have to... Yeah find a release of some sort and maybe that's throwing 12 snakes on them I don't know but like whatever it is whatever it is but if you're gonna do this work you got to make sure you you find a release too because it's heavy that's what that's what most people said from your course that was the piece that they appreciated was in there like what are you doing for you like yeah we're like oh no I have to just keep giving okay you're literally gonna be a shell yeah you have to like you have to go back and like rebuild yourself after you have to take pauses mm-hmm. yeah I'll we'll talk again I'll get you all sorts of information yeah, on this I could this. go all day long on vicarious trauma perfect all right well thank you so much my lady for being on the podcast and everyone go check yeah. her course out I will link all of her good stuff in the um in the whatever you call it description <laughs> thing so you can go follow her work her website's up now i hear um so yep. that's good news yeah and yep, so finally got it out. Love Valley Studios. and all that good stuff awesome okay bye bye